Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If we get your Bibles, open with me to Luke chapter 1. I'm excited to be in a series of messages beginning from today that, that we as a church know as Advent. And so that's where we're going to be sort of focusing our attention today, primarily in the first few chapters of Luke, um, which has got to me one of the, um, one of the, one of, one of the most amazing passages um, you know, when it comes to, to, the, to the arrival of Jesus into the world. And so that's where we're going to be focusing our attention these next few weeks. But this is what it says in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 5. It says, In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had, he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. Verse 7, But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. I want to preach a message that I believe is going to help some people today, and the title is this, Hope is Right on Time. Write that down. Hope is right on time. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today, Lord. We're so grateful to be in your house. Um, Father, this is just an amazing time of year. As we reflect on your goodness and your grace, who you are, but Father, we, we, we also just remember and we begin to, to all over again, I think, Lord, just be amazed and, and, and wonder, Lord, and stop and be still and just realize, wow, you had a plan all along and we get to, in, to, to, to remind ourselves of that this December, this time, this Christmas season. So God, bless your church today, bless all the churches that are meeting today as well. And Father, we thank you for all that you're doing. We pray for all in kids today, that you would bless all the kids, that they would begin to enjoy this season as well. And um, Father, we're so grateful for all that you're doing in church. In Jesus' name, we all said. So today is the beginning of that journey called Advent, like I said before. It's a time where we set our sights on Christmas. And this is what we would call church tradition. This is church tradition. Now, I just want to stop for a moment and just say something that I think is important to say. That when it comes to tradition, as it relates to the things of God and church life, tradition is meant to serve us, not the other way around. Okay, so, so when, we, when we come around something like Advent, I don't want you to check out because this just becomes a routine thing or, yeah, I, I had a calendar as a kid and, you know, I heard my grandma talk about that. Can I just encourage you, tradition can actually be a really good thing because it can give us foundation and it can set us up for a win. But let's never let tradition become the master. Let's see tradition as the thing that helps us set our eyes on Jesus this time of year. But Advent is actually a really, really good tradition in our faith. The word Advent is, is really the meaning of it. It comes from the Latin word Adventus, but it really means preparation for arrival. It means getting ready. And I'll boil it down to simple terminology for us that we understand. It's our time to get ready for Jesus. That's what this time of year is. It's simply our time of getting ready 
for Jesus in our lives. There's traditions, there's practices associated with this in you know, Western Christianity. There's, there's services, there's lighting of candles, there's calendars, there's journals. We have some of that in the Resource Center if you want to embrace this season a little bit more. But can I just encourage you that it's just all about getting ready to celebrate Jesus. But it also represents the fulfillment of a lot of waiting. And this time is, is something that we come around again. We look at uh, scriptures like Luke. And we remember that as people of God, we're people that are sometimes called to wait on God, to wait for the coming arrival, to be ready for God to move. The end of the book of Malachi, which is, a bit, which is the end of the Old Testament, to the beginning of Matthew, it's not just one chapter or one book to another book in our Bibles, although it looks like that, but in the timeline of the people of God, it represents 400 years of silence, 400 years of, of no revelation from God, 400 years where God didn't raise up any prophets, He didn't um, speak directly to His people, there was no revelation from God in this 400 years. On the outside, it looked like God was doing nothing, but the, on the inside, God's people were waiting, knowing full well that God was outworking His plan. That before that 400 years, that God had spoken about a Messiah. He'd spoken about the plan. He'd spoken about something that was going to happen. And one example of that is in Isaiah 7. Look what it says. It says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And Emmanuel, obviously we sung about today, means God with us. Or in other words, God coming into our lives. So here are some of the themes of Advent. I just thought I'd sort of frame up this time of year for you. And maybe you don't know these. Maybe this is kind of new for you. Maybe you're just like, I recently sort of became a Christian. And so this time of year for me, I just thought it was Christmas time. But I believe that God's doing something even in your life as you understand the deep meaning behind this time. But some of these themes, if you want to write these down, and this is my personal hope, okay? My personal prayer for you as your pastor this is my hope is that you would actually get to experience these themes this time of year, that these would be something that in your home, in your workplace, in your family, in, in church life, friendships, um, that you would actually get to experience some of these themes because these are themes inside this season of preparation of Advent that are meant and intended by God for us to live in, which I think is really exciting. So one of the, one of the themes is peace. Okay, write that down, peace. This is an amazing time where God gives peace through His Son, Jesus Christ. Um, the peace of God is expressed through the person of Jesus. I'm going to say that again. If you're looking for peace, look for Jesus. Because the peace of God, the truest form of shalom, peace, comes through Jesus, His Son. And so this is a theme inside of, of Advent is that we get to experience God's peace. So um, sometimes that's peace in the midst of confusion, peace in the midst of chaos, peace in the midst of a busy schedule. My prayer is that you'll get to experience that peace despite the fact there's probably a lot of running around going on. But peace is a theme. Another one is hope. What are we celebrating? We're celebrating the hope of the world coming into the world. The hope of the world coming into the world. 
So I don't know about you, but that gets me excited. This time of year, I get to be reminded that this is when the hope, hope of the world came into a world that was lost, dying, broken, had no hope. But because of God, now we get to enjoy hope. This is the theme. Another theme is joy. The joy of Jesus coming into the world, saving his people. The joy of, you know, you think about a baby coming into a family, a baby being born. There's just a joyful time. It's just a time where it's just exciting. It's a happy time. Who wants to be happy? I don't know about you, but I want to be happy. This is a happy time. As a Christian, can I just encourage you? This is part of your, your inheritance as being part of the family of God. You get to be happy to think about Jesus being born into the world. It's a theme of Advent. Another one is faith. This is a good one because this is faith for miracles. The faith that, that the people of God had to have to see the miracle of the incarnation, the miracle working power of God coming into the world. So uh, faith is another one. Uh, and then I wrote this one down because I think this is important too, that we celebrate during Advent, is deliverance. See, see, Advent is a time of deliverance. This is a time where we remember that God has saved us. That God has issued forth to mankind a way out. Freedom. That this is an amazing time where we get to remember the miracle saving power of God from the penalty of death and the separation from God for eternity. It's deliverance. It's beautiful and I love it. And I love this time of year because it readies us for God. Okay, so hope is right on time. Today, I want, to, I want this message to be about the timing of God's will. Because this is part of it. This is a time of year where we come around, we're just like, God sent Jesus at the right time. At exactly the right time. So point number one this morning, as we get into it, number one, God is never late. I want you to, I want you to catch this revelation today when it comes to God's will for your life. Because when we want to understand the way God's, God works, we need to understand who He is first. That has to be the, for, the, the formative way that we approach God and we see Him working His will out in our lives. Who believes that God is working His will out in your life right now? Come on, put up your hand. If you believe God is working His will out in your life, can I just encourage you that God is never late when He does it. He's never late because this is why God is big. Just yesterday, I was walking sort of in an open, open area near my house and I looked up at the moon. Have you ever done that? I was just walking and I stopped and I just looked up and the moon was just so clear and so just beautiful. And I just looked up and I was just like, God, it's amazing. It's incredible. And I just had a, just a, you know, like a micro revelation. You know, you just have those throughout the day all the time. Just, just, you know, and I'm just trying my best. I'm asking the Holy Spirit more and more these days. I just, like, just show me more of where God is all around me all the time. And, and, I, and I just was walking and I looked up and I saw the moon. I was like, God, you're so big. And I am so small. But this is how our Thinking has to be framed when it comes to God. We've got to remember sometimes God is really big. And if God is really, really big, that means that He has a really, really good plan. A really big plan, a really good plan, a really um, 
well thought out plan. And then that leads me to remember that his timing with his plan, which is his will being outworked into the world and into my life, his timing with that is perfect. And that means, stay with me, he can never be late. Because there's sometimes, I mean, in our humanness, come on now, let's be honest, we're in church. We can think, man, God's just a little late here. God has missed my email. He hasn't responded to my email yet. But seriously, though, have you ever wondered to yourself, what is God doing right now? In a situation or a circumstance or a season of your life, you ever prayed prayers, God, where are you? What are you doing? Are you asleep? Are you ignoring me? Here's one. God, have I done something wrong? Because I'm not getting anything back from you? The enemy loves that, by the way. He'll move straight on that. Get you to feel guilt and shame. Like you've done something wrong. When the reality is God's done everything right. We get to just enjoy his rightness in our lives. But this is what Zachariah was in the middle of right here. It's in Luke chapter 1. We see... This story, and we can just think, oh, this is a quick character on our way to, 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 to the, the, the home run, which is Jesus. But I just want us to stop for a moment and look at what happens with Zechariah because there's a lot of purpose in here and a lot of uh, uh, faith for us as well today. But he was in the middle of a situation and he was probably wondering some of the same things. God, where are you? Are you working? Have you heard my heart cry? Have you listened to the prayers? God, what are you doing? Because in verse 8, it says in uh, verse 8, now while well, he was serving the pre- as priest before God when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him and fear fell upon him. Look at, what, look at verse 13. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayers have been heard. That's faith for someone today. That's a word for someone today. You're in here in church today and you're like, man, I just feel like God has not heard what I just said. I, I just feel like God has, has not heard my prayer. He's not listening. Zechariah was in this season and the angel of God says, no, your prayers have been heard. Email received. And maybe you can identify with Zechariah wondering, is God late on his promises? Is he late on his words? Sometimes it's easy to feel like God has forgotten us. But let the scriptures comfort you today. God wasn't late on Zechariah, and he wasn't late on Elizabeth. He wasn't late on Mary. He wasn't late on Joseph. He's not going to be late on you. And whatever it is that you're in right now, whatever season you're in, whatever longing is on the inside of you right now, and I believe there's a longing on, every, on the inside of every single person, that it's a word from the Lord today, He's not going to be late. So point number one, God is never late. Point number two, it leads us to this, God is always on time. And we see that right here in the script. God, God was right on time. Hope comes right on time. David knew this. King David, 
The man after God's own heart had an intimate relationship with God. He, uh, David was the, the chosen um, instrument, the chosen person. His lineage was the one that God chose, that Jesus would come forth from, from the house of David. But David shares something in, in Psalm 31 about the timing and the fulfillment of God's timing in our lives. Look at what it says in verse 15. My times are in your hand. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and my persecutors. And then Psalm 24, so he says, wait, my times are in your hand. Psalm 27, wait for the Lord, David says. So on the one hand, he's got a revelation that God's, God's got my times, but I need to wait. That I can wait on God because he's the one who delivers. He's the one who brings the peace. He's the one who brings the joy into my life. He's the one who does the work in my life. And it's interesting to me, it wasn't just David. That was passed along to Solomon. Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 1, look at what it says. For everything there is a season and a time. For every matter under heaven. God's timing is perfect. When I pick someone up from the airport, I'm the guy that, that plays the Russian roulette with the curbside attendants. Are you like that? Come on, be honest. I'm not the guy who parks in the terminal. I'm the guy who's like, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test this theory out right now. I'm going to see how far I can take this. Jill hates it. She gets uncomfortable the moment we pull in, you know. And I'm just like, this is, this is like sport to me. I just, this is awesome. I'm sitting there. I'm just waiting. I'm looking in the rear view, see if everyone's coming. Someone's going to wave me off. But when I go to the airport and I pick someone up, I, I'm not necessarily thinking about all those things, although they're fun when I'm there. But the main thing that I'm looking for is the estimated time of arrival. And then now you can actually look in real time. You can see exactly to the minute the time the plane is going to land. And then we're always thinking about, well, I don't want to get there too early because there might be delays and they might be held up or air traffic control could put them in a holding pattern for a period of time. Do you know when it comes to God, there is no such thing as a delay because His timing is perfect and God doesn't get held up doing other things. Because he's a God who cares. Again, to say that God is just, you know, it just it isn't coming across my file right now just means that God is, is working against his own nature. It's not who he is. He's a God who cares. He's a God who loves. He's a God who desires to meet you where you're at. He's an on-time God, and he's not going to get delayed or held up when it comes to your destiny. But here's the thought. What if God's timing in our lives is really less about God and more about us? Because in 2 Peter 3 and verse 8, it says, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like a day. God's really big. God's got a really, really big plan. But in verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Look at this. Someone needs to underline this today. Instead, He is patient with you. 
Is he patient towards me because he's doing something in me? And his, his timing, not so much about what he's doing, but what he's trying to do in me. What he's trying to accomplish in me, what he's trying to bring about in my own life. There have been seasons in my life where I'm just like, God, where are you? What are you doing? I need you right now. Respond to my email or my text. But he doesn't. And I get frustrated. And I get angry. Then I get emotional about it. And then finally, I say, okay, God, I trust you. I don't know what it is you're doing. But I know you're working. And I know that whenever the time is right, it'll be the perfect time. Come on, can I get an amen? This is the God we serve. He loves us. And what if he's trying to teach us something? What if he's trying to bring about a certain depth of character in us to ready us for the next season? When it comes to God's timing, he knew the minute, he knew the second that Jesus would be born. And in Luke chapter 4, Jesus gets up in the synagogue. He knew the exact time that Jesus would get up in the synagogue and the prophet Isaiah's scroll would be handed to him and he would read the words, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He would fulfill that prophecy in that very moment. And God knew that would be the time. Hope is right on time. God knew the season, the month, the hour to bring you into the world. And so he knows exactly what to do with your life. The question today is this, are you willing to wait on him? Are you willing to be someone who will wait on the Lord? I wanted to give us from Zachariah's experience, just real quick, four ways that we can wait well with God. The first thing we see with Zachariah, how to wait well, is we can pray. You know, Zachariah, he got, I believe he got honest with God. We don't hear Zachariah's prayer to God about wanting a child. But we do see that it says that they were blameless before God, but they were without a child and she was advanced in years. This is what I believe about Zechariah. I believe he had some honest prayer moments with God. I believe he was like, God, I want a son, but this doesn't look real good. The situation isn't good, God, but I want a son. Can I just encourage you? One of the best things you can do is pray and be honest with God. Just simplify. That's what childlike faith is about. It's like, God, this is what I want. I believe that you, I believe that you want me to have a family. I believe you want me to have a purpose. I believe you want me to step into my destiny. But we see that here that he prayed. It says they had no child, but he prayed. Something else we can do is we can serve God. We see him serving God in the midst of his waiting. It says now, while he was serving as priest, can I just encourage you, don't wait far from God. Wait close to God. Get on a team here at church. Wait on God in his house. Be near him and his people. You know why? Because it'll remind you that God is working. There'll be constant reminders in your life that you may not have seen it yet, but God is working His will in your life. You may not have seen something come through. You may not have seen some progress, but you'll be around people and they've had their own experience. They've had their own revelation and they will usher you forward into your purpose and your destiny. That's why it's important to wait on God. And one of the ways we can do is to serve Him and serve in His house. And I see Zach we see Zachariah doing that. We can serve God. Another way we can do it is we can worship 
while we wait. That's a good way to wait well, to worship through it, worship in it, worship as you're going through it, worship believing that the promise is coming. It says in verse 9, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. You know what I would have done if I was Zechariah? I would have been pretty mad. And I would receive my lot to go do my priest duties. You know what? I probably would have gone in there and be like, I'm not burning no incense. <laughs> Shrugging my shoulders. Oh, well, all right, fine. Guess I've got to do this. It doesn't say that. It says that he went in and he worshipped God. And it says that at the same time, at that hour, the people were there and they were, they were worshipping as well. Can I just encourage you, whatever you're waiting for, one of the best things you can do is worship your way through it. Worship it. Come on. Some, there's a word for some. You need to start burning some incense. You need to start singing some songs. You need to start finding that fresh song. You need to start singing that brand new song out from the middle of you and worshiping your way through the waiting. We can worship like Zachariah. And then finally, one of the things we can do is we can obey. You know, at first, Zachariah didn't obey. You know the story? The angel closed up his mouth. He was mute for that period of time. But you know, he did actually obey. It was a little bit later in verse 62. John had been born. This is obviously John the Baptist had been born and they were, they were, they were, they were looking to Zachariah for, hey, this is the moment, the name. This is it. It's just like, this is the moment. And again, Zechariah was put in the position of, of the decision. That's what happens when God, you know, puts us in a place and in a relationship with him. He puts it in our hands and says, what are you going to do? Are you going to remember what I said? Are you going to do what I asked you to do? Are you going to stay faithful to the call and the mission and the assignment? But look at what Zechariah does. As they were inquiring what he wanted him to be called, he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John obedience. And they all wondered and immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was loosed. I believe some things will be loosed on the other side of your obedience. That something will just shake in your life. Something will shake free when you decide to obey God that it doesn't necessarily make sense. Yet it might not be customary in the world today, the secularized society we live in, but you are just flat out obeying God. And you watch what he does with your obedience. It's not going to make sense to everyone. It's not going to line up to everyone else's expectations. Come on, somebody. But the decision to obey God in the waiting is powerful. Look at what happened afterwards. His tongue was loosed. He spoke after a long period of time, blessing God. And it says, And fear came on all their neighbors. And all these things were talked about through the hill country of Judea, and all through her them laid up in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? For the, land, for the hand of the Lord was with him. So number one, God is always on time. Number two, he's never late. Number three, this is the power of Advent in the will of God. Number three, Jesus will come again. See, this is significance. I really want you to catch this, church. The word Advent, check this out. The word Advent is the Latin word adventus that comes from the Greek word parousia. And just in the last year, I've brought that word up. I think it was during a series I was talking about the church in Thessalonica. 
but they had some concerns about eternity and they were looking to the Apostle Paul for reassurance. But what Advent really is, it's actually a prophetic declaration. See, what do we do? We're remembering this, Luke chapter 1. We're remembering that, 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 that this is a time where the prophetic fulfillment of, of, of Jesus, the Messiah coming into the world, the, the end of the messianic age as it was, the longing of the people of God to see the incarnate God, to see God coming into the world. We celebrate and we remember that. But listen, what we also do is we prophesy that He's coming again. That yes, He's come into the world and man, it's just awesome. We celebrate Jesus was born. But as Christians, we don't just stop there. There's a comma in the sentence and then we step forward and say, but Jesus is coming again. He's coming back for us. We're not on our own. And we look forward with faith, expectation, because this is the truth as believers. We are all waiting. You know what we're waiting for? We're waiting for our King to come back a second time. But He's not coming back like the first time. He's not coming back in a manger. He's not coming back in, in, in low humility. He's not coming back low like He did. He's coming back high to set things right. Can I get an amen? Jesus is coming back. So what is this time of year? It's actually our moment to remember that Jesus has done so much, but to show the world the kind of hope we have. That when all this is said and done, man, Jesus is going to take care of everything. The future looks good because Jesus is coming back. So I just want to encourage you this morning. What are you waiting for? I pray that we can start waiting like Zachariah did. That we can be worshipping people, that we can be praying people, that we can be people that just have the kind of bold faith that says, no matter what life looks like, I will obey God. I will give Him my life. So let's remember, but let's also wait. But can I just encourage you, we wait with comfort today, knowing that God will fulfill His promises in our lives. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me? I want to pray for some people today, and you're in a waiting season. Maybe you're waiting on your life's partner. I want to pray today as you wait that you'll be the, the waiter that waits in God's house, that, that waits and serves the Lord, that waits and doesn't, doesn't stop, but just has faith to believe God's going to send you the right person because He's right on time and it'll happen at the right time. Maybe you're here today and it's like the same thing for, for you, Zachariah and Elizabeth. It's like, we, I, we want to start a family. We want to believe for that. I want to pray for you as you wait. Maybe you're here today and it's just like, man, I, I believe God's calling us to a new thing. There's a new season, new business, new job, opportunity. Whatever it is, I want to pray for you as we wait today because God has given us everything we need to wait well. So if that's you today, well, every, every head is bowed in this place. If you're waiting on a promise from God, if you, you believe and you're waiting on some things and God has spoken to you and there's something that He showed you ahead, but you're waiting today, I want to pray for you as you wait. So just lift up your hand. Just shoot it up nice and high. I, I believe God's going to infuse some peace today. I believe He's going to give us some comfort today. I believe that He's going to give us that touch today, that reminder that only He can give. Holy Spirit, you see every hand that's raised. We ask right now, Lord, that you would remind us all over again, Father, that 
that your timing is perfect. The way that you work is flawless. And so God, as we, we decide to put ourselves all over again, our hearts under your, your direction, your, your planning, Father, your, your beautiful nature, God, which is to care for your children. And in Jesus' name, Lord, we come before you. We thank you that you're in control. We thank you that you're sovereign. We thank you that you're king over all and that you're really, really big and you have a really, really good plan. And God, I pray for everyone as the waiting season is, is, is in people's lives. Father, would you remind us that we can wait and we can be confident in who you are. Would you remind us and give us peace, Lord, as we do so. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.